Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. Hallelujah. I feel a quieter anointing today. Yes, okay. I, I, I was wanting to come out here dancing, and, and the Lord said, some days you just need to be still. I said, okay, today's one of those days, I guess. <laughs> I, I, yeah, <laughs> can't guarantee I'm going to be still all the way through the service. Okay, First <laughs> John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15 are the verses we've been looking at. But I want to begin in verse 14 and just move forward today. The Apostle John says, uh, again, or he writes, he says, Now this is the confidence, I, and I said to you before, that is the faith and assurance. He says that we have in him or remember in the literal, it actually says in his presence. I think that's really significant, that it is not just in him, but in his presence. You know, when people get in God's presence, you know, <laughs> remember uh, Peter when he came and he just fell down and he said, I'm a sinful man, get away from me, <laughs> okay? And, and you know, you get in God's presence and all of the things you did wrong suddenly come to the surface. It is an interesting thing that that's what should happen as soon as you enter into prayer. Anything and everything that you've done wrong should come to the surface because they need to be gotten rid of so that you can enjoy that presence and receive from Him all the things that you have need of. Amen? That with nothing getting in the way of that. It's not God trying to condemn you. It's God just saying, this is in the way of me blessing you. You know, people say, well, why do I have to pray? Can't I just pray on the run? Because you, can't, you won't face your sin on the run. <laughs> you know, so to speak. Yeah, you know, you need that quiet time to just be honest with God. When God looks at you and, he, and, you know, and you're about to give an excuse and he goes, come on, we both know. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Uh, and and you, know, you, you need to be in that place where your heart is okay to repent, to be honest with God, to be transparent. And do you know what? Transparency is the pathway to blessing. Amen. Because the more you try to hide something... The more God's saying, well, until you know, he or she admits to this, we can't do anything. All the angels stand around frustrated. All they're asking is, have, have they fessed up yet? No, no, they're still denying. They're still in that river called denial. No. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> eh, if you get it, you get it. Anyway, <laughs> you know, th this is one of the biggest problems that we have. And we just need to get to that place that we can stand in a place of confidence before God. Amen? And that's why, the, you know, that's why communion is so important. And don't just take communion once a month on Sunday, you know, when you come to church. If you ever have a situation that you're dealing with that is really haranguing, you know, the devil can just get in your ear sometimes and he'll dance all over you. And just do everything that he can to stop the blessing of God coming into your life. Do you know he has a twofold purpose for that? Do you know he doesn't just want to stop the blessing coming into your life. He doesn't want you advertising that God blesses people. Do you understand? You know, because when we get something, we're thrilled. Our faith rises and, you know, we see somebody else in trouble. We go, oh, can I pray for you? Because, you know, it's working for me. And then we gang up on the devil. You know, and the devil goes, well, we better stop this now. Are you all with me? Amen? So it's not only just for yourself, because he brings that as well. Sometimes he says, oh, you know, you're just, uh, why do you need this now? I mean, uh, uh, how many things have you already got? And you know, he just starts playing all these little mind games with you. If it is God's will for your life, it's God's will for your life. 
You know, that has to be one of the key things that we need to latch on to, that if it is God's will, then it's God's will. It doesn't matter what everybody thinks, and it sometimes doesn't matter kind of what you think either. Amen? <laughs> you know, because you don't know what that testimony is going to do for someone else. I think sometimes we just need to receive what God has for us. You know, for the sake of whatever reason God has it coming to you, you might have to give it away. Sometimes it's good not to be attached to something. Just say, God, I don't know I got this. I don't know what to do with it. If you don't know what to do with it, it means it was for somebody else. Somebody else has been trying to believe and receive, and they're just having all sorts of problems. He got it to, <laughs> to you for them. Can I put it another way? He got it for them through you. Don't hang on to it. It's not cursed. No, <laughs> it's not cursed. But you know, it's not meant to be yours. But you know, we, we form attachment to things. We, you know, we need to be careful, especially if it doesn't, if, if it doesn't uh, ring right. You know, people have handed things back to people because they didn't know this truth. They've said, oh, you might have heard wrong, sister. You know, I, I'm giving it back because I really don't know what to do with anything like this. I, I appreciate what you did. And I'm, I'm just using it as an example, okay? I appreciate what you did, but, you know, I, I, I don't play the guitar. You done gave me a guitar. Three weeks later, somebody comes in and you, they come up for prayer. And you say, what do you need, brother? Oh, I'm so believing God for a guitar. Uh, Natasha. Um, <laughs> and she goes, well, I gave that away to somebody else. You said you didn't want. No, she didn't do that. Okay, but, you know, maybe she has more wisdom and hangs on to it. Because I don't know, Lord, you know, maybe he missed it. Yeah, pastors do miss it. <gasps> Never mind. Okay, that's, that's too much for the morning. I haven't had my cup of coffee yet. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's get back to this. So he says that this is a confidence, a faith and assurance that we have in him or in his presence that if we ask anything, I'm going to park on that for just a minute. He says that if we ask anything, Thomas F. Johnson writes this, I love this. He says there are two points to consider here. First point, I love this. He says anything may be asked. Whew. That's a big statement. See, we miss that sometimes. If we ask anything, we're afraid to ask for some things. Are you all with me? It might be fear on so many different levels. It might be fear on, you know, I don't know if I can maintain that if I ask for it and he gives it to me. I don't know if I can do that job if I ask for it and he gives it to me. You know, it can be anything. Are you all with me? But the thing is that if, if it is God's will for you, then He will train you. He will help you. He, he intends to be a part of your life. Not just your asking, but your doing as well. I'm giving you gold here, okay? All right. You really need to get a hold of this. Because sometimes, you know, we, we just think, okay, you know, let's not ask. You know the old saying, bite off more than you can chew? Yeah, Okay. Do you know a snake doesn't know that? You know, he'll try to swallow an elephant. If he, <laughs> <you know? laughs> Not that any of you are snakes. But, but what I, the point I'm trying to say, make is that, you know, God will allow you and he'll, not allow, but he'll help you to, to wrap your mind around things that maybe you are, ha are having trouble with to begin with. Because he says, this is my will. And you go, <laughs> did you take a wrong left turn somewhere? Are you sure this house, are you sure you, it was me? Is what we want to say. 
And he says, no, I know. <laughs> okay, I am God. Be still. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Stop freaking out. <laughs> Some days he just needs to say that because that's how we get. And family, one of the things that I want to encourage you, especially in these times, we are in the end times, by the way. I know people have been saying that for like, you know, a long time. But we're really getting there. Have you, have you noticed the world of late? All the things that Jesus said is going to happen, they're happening now. Who would ever thought a pandemic would overtake the world like it has? If we, you know, I used to watch movies that had this kind of scenario, and I think, oh, no, that'll never happen. People can't be that stupid. I mean, somewhere a government would, and then it happens. So, you know, yeah, that's what happened when, anyway. So, <laughs> let's not go there, because this is going everywhere. But, you know, things are happening that you wouldn't imagine would happen. They are happening right now. And because we're in this time, do you know somebody said this, and I'm, I, I, I believe it true from the bottom of my heart, the darker it gets, the brighter you shine. Amen. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You're not trying to be one, you are. Whether you like it or not, by the way. You, <laughs> you know, I used to, at work, some days I want to put my light under a bushel. You know, when I was out there in the world, I just want to be honest with you. Because, you know, some days you just don't want people to know. And uh, I won't go into all the reasons why, but I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's the world out there has its own culture, its own mindset, and you just feel at odds with it sometimes. You all know what I'm trying to say, you know? But the thing is, family, I didn't know the things that I know now. You know, it's a funny thing. If I knew the things that I want to almost go back out there now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because bless God, I got stuff. I know things. I mean, we I kept, I keep saying to God, can I? He goes, no, you're a priest, not a king. You're both, but you know, you've been called the priest. Just stay there. So it's like, mm, okay. <laughs> he said, help my kings get to the places they need to get to. You're all kings and priests, by the way. In your priestly ministry is when you go to God, when you have a, you know, when you make a mistake, when you commit a sin, whatever, as a priest, you can go to God and receive forgiveness one-on-one. -on -one. You don't need to come to me. In that way, you are a priest. Do you understand? But your primary uh, uh, um, uh, job, and I don't like job, um, calling, calling, okay? It's, it's a calling. All right? Your primary calling is to be a king is to be out there and win every single battle you run into. Not 50-50. You know, not 80% and then 20. Well, you know, it's only 20. Hey, man, you're meant to win every single battle. Yes, there's a devil out there. Yeah, there are, oh, there's opposition. Yeah, there are very bad people out there that love to listen to the devil. <laughs> okay? But there is a God bigger than all of that looking after you. And He will cause things to be revealed that are hidden if necessary to bring to light what's actually going on so that you, will, you know, may go from a place where, uh, how can I put this? You know, the enemy has been working to kind of put you down and suddenly all sorts of things are revealed and you, the whole thing flips. And they see you as the one person that they can depend on. And all the people they thought they could depend on, now they're suddenly looking at, you know, we don't know about you anymore. Hello? Amen? I could give you examples like Daniel, like Joseph, like those three boys, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, 
Abednego, I call him Yoshek, my Shek in the bungalow, you know, <laughs> okay? You know, all of them <laughs> started in places where they were, they were conquered, they were, you know, in, they were in captivity and they rose. And all the people that were plotting against them all ended up paying a, a, a terrible price. Remember with Daniel, the people that got him thrown in the lion's den, they got thrown in when he got brought out, <laughs> okay? You see, that's what the, the Lord will do. He will turn your situation around, and what was meant for your bad, he will make it for your good. Amen? Okay. So, let's get back to the anything we ask, okay? <laughs> so, again, he says, uh, the, uh, quoting Thomas F. Johnson, I need to get past this page. He says, there are two points to consider here. Anything may be asked. This is emphasized in verse 15, whatever we ask. There are no restrictions on the community's supplications and intercessions. So there's no restriction. Family, that's where you really need to get to the place where when you go into his presence, you go in confidently. You know that God will say, what do you want? Now, understand something. We're going to find out. Well, let's, let's keep reading. Secondly, this is the second part, okay? We must ask according to his will. So number one, there are no restrictions, but there is a condition. Did you all get the difference? Okay, there's no restriction in what you ask, but there is one condition that you ask according to his will. Let me just finish reading this. The, that is the only condition, oh, excuse me, secondly, we must ask according to his will. That is the only condition attached to this monumentous promise. And it is the general condition of all prayer. So whatever you, whenever you go to him in prayer, this is the one thing that you need to go with. And that is you need to check to find out what is in his will. Are you all with me? Amen? But, see, we don't let the condition become a restriction. There, there are no restrictions. There is one condition. But you can ask anything. It just needs to be according to his will. You might say, well, that kind of narrows the field. You have no idea. <laughs> this is a limitless God we're talking about. In your limited little brain, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just need to bring this up. Okay, <laughs> you know, we kind of think, oh, this is, uh, you know, this is that we we'll want to ask and this is that we can ask. You know, we, it's, it's just so little. And God's going, oh, what about all the rest? And you go, what all the rest? Exactly, that's the problem. You all only see the things that you can't have. If you can see the things you can have, all the can't haves, it will just kind of disappear. It's a drop compared to an ocean. Are you all with me? And I, th I honestly believe, family, one of the problems is, is because we've been trained up to think in a very limited fashion. In school, right from the beginning, they said, well, you have an aptitude for this, and you're terrible. I was going to use another word, but anyway. And you're terrible at that. And so we go, okay, so I can only do this, but I can't do that. And then, you know, we, we get narrower and narrower as we go. And at the end of the, you know, I basically at the end, you know, it's like, what are you majoring in? Have you ever heard anybody go everything? No, it's one thing. And if you can't pick one, they go, well, you, you better go, you know, find out which one thing. You, you, you know what I'm trying to say? The, life does that. It keeps narrowing us and narrowing us and narrowing us to the place where we're just doing one thing at the end. And that's okay. It's okay to do one thing and do it awesomely well. But the thing is, don't ever, you know, think that that's your whole life. Are you all with me? Amen. 
I, I'm just looking at Chris, Chrissy here for a minute. I, I'm looking at both of these. I can look at all, any of you, but I'm just looking at Chrissy, for, for example. You know, she's, she's an awesome singer. We can all agree on that? Okay, all right. Who didn't agree? No. Anyway, so <laughs> I know where you live. <laughs> you know, COVID, you have to all write your address. <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. You know, I, I look at her, and that's not all she does. You know, she takes pictures. She photosynthesizes. No. Okay. <laughs> she, 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 you know, she's, she's, uh, uh, it's, is it okay? She's on a home and away, I'm, I'm telling you. Okay. She, she, you know, she's into acting as well. She does, a, you guys didn't know that, did you? See, she's not limiting herself to, oh, no, 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 I don't do that. Are you all with me? In God, see, we're all kids of God. We need to understand that if, wherever God takes us, he'll take us. Just be willing to say yes. And then pray a lot. No. <laughs> you know, well, pray, you should be praying all the time. <laughs> Listen, family, there's an anointing on your life. There's a presence of God on your life. You need to understand that the world is hunger, hungering for that. They are hungry for God, and they don't even know it. And they fill those gaps up with all kinds of things. You know, flashy cars and big houses and all of that stuff. And they think if they have all of that, it's going to do it. And it doesn't. At the end of the day, you have a lot of stuff and a big empty hole on the inside. Nothing fills that because only God can fill that. And people say, oh, that religion, it's a crutch. No, dude, it fills up the hole in you. And it's going to stay there while you think it's a crutch. It's going to stay there. And you're going to do all kinds of things that you're going to regret later on in your life. Just saying. Moving on. I'll stop meddling now. All right. <laughs> Nobody here, obviously. In his commentary, I, Howard Marshall, says that we are warned against the offering of prayers which we know will not be according to God's will. And I want to take a bit of a left turn here, all right, because I want to go talk about something that is a bit of a problem with the body of Christ. Remember the condition. As much as, we, you know, see, this is one of the problems that we had is that we focused mainly on the no restrictions and forgot the condition. And so there were people, and I, I, I was included in that because I didn't know. Because everybody that got up and preached said, you can ask whatever you want. They didn't place that last thing. They didn't say there is one condition. It needs to be according to God's will. They, so, you know, we all went home thinking, ooh, what do I want? What do I want? Never thinking about going to God and asking Him, what do you have for me? And so the very first step to a, you know, a particular series of answered prayer was decide what you want. When I did the series, I said, go to God. <laughs> Find out, okay, what he has for you. Then, number two, decide from there how you want to go about this. Are you all with me? But you know what? I found that if God wants to get something to you, he'll give you the steps as well. The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. It's, it's kind of like an adventure. You know one of those things that you get an envelope and you open it and it says, okay, you're going to go from here to there. This is an adventure. You're going to catch this bus and you think, whoa, this is really exciting. And you don't know what, what's waiting, but it's good. Yeah. Are you all with me? And that's the way it should be. You know, we should be following God without questioning and just being excited about where he's taking us next. Not be worrying about it. Anyway, getting back to this. So. There, we're talking about the other side of this when he says again, we are warned against offering of prayers which we know will not be according to God's will. Prayer for sinful or selfish motives, however, uh, 
Oh, okay, okay. Prayer for sinful or selfish motive, motives, however much we may, uh, may attempt to disguise them, is excluded. Did y'all get that? Did I read it right? Did y'all get it? Do you want me to read it again? Let me say it again. Okay. Prayer for sinful or selfish motives, however much we may attempt to disguise them, is excluded. You know, we kind of go to God and we kind of, <laughs> now God, you know, it's not for this. It's for this reason. It's because, and he goes, well, I know what you really want it for. It's not for any of those things, and it's for a wrong reason. Let's go to James chapter 4. You know I was going there, didn't you? James chapter 4. Let's have a look at verses 13 through 15. I need to get through some scriptures today. Otherwise, I want nothing to preach on in the evening. <laughs> okay. James chapter 4, beginning verse 13. This is the, remember again the Apostle James, he is the pastor of the biggest church at the time, the church in Jerusalem. All right, so he's dealing with every kind of problem you can imagine. And he's also writing, when if you uh, look at the beginning of James, it says to the 12 tribes, he's talking to everybody, not only there, but everybody uh, that is a part of, uh, um, I, I don't know how to put this, um, the godly community. Can I say that? Wherever they may be. Okay, so he's addressing a lot of different situations, a lot of different people. And so he says in verse, we're, we're going to be doing the book of James next. You're going to love it. It is outstanding. Anyway, he says again, verse 13, he says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow. Now watch, this is what they're saying, okay? Today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a, a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Verse 14, whereas you do not know, what will happen tomorrow? He's saying you're making all these plans about tomorrow and you don't know whether it's even going to be there. Amen. He says, for what is your life? He's talking about their life now, not their plans. See, they're making plans and he's saying you have not considered your life. He says, he says for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. He's saying that's what it's like. You know, how many times have you, you know, people sort of suddenly look back on their life and said, where did it all go? You know, one of the regrets uh, of elderly people, apparently, okay, <laughs> and I don't want any, this to be true of any of you, is that they didn't do, they didn't sit down and reflect on their life and do more with it. Do things that were important. They just got stuck in a rut and they just kept doing that until they got spat out the other side and suddenly they're old and suddenly they realize that they were just doing what it took just to get money for that week. Do you understand? They didn't fulfill any desires of their heart. They didn't fulfill any destiny. All the things that they dreamt of never happened. Sometimes people say, well, when I retire, dude, I <laughs> don't do that to yourself. Amen? Every day is a new day. And don't just jump out and just quit your job. You need to pray. That's why you pray. <laughs> okay? You go and say, God, what do you have? Where did I miss it? If I have. I'm praying that all of you are right exactly where you should be. I think I preached enough for you guys to be outside of that. But there are people, you know, this is going everywhere. There are people out there that just, you, I'm talking to you. Okay? If you feel that you are not in a place where you're meant to be, pray. Get God's will on it and do that. Amen. Now back to the congregation. All right. So <laughs> well, you know. Okay. <laughs> Let me continue reading. So he says, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time, then vanishes away. Verse 15. Instead, and this is what we want to uh, focus on. He says, instead, you ought to say, 
if the Lord wills, we shall live. Watch, watch. The first thing is live. And then, and do this or that. See, they're planning on what they're doing. James is saying, consider your life. Are you all with me? Because can I say this? If you're outside of God's will, then you're outside of his protection. And Satan does come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And whatever plans you're making outside of God, there is an enemy out there that is out to take your life. Any way that he can. Oh, he'll do it in a way that, you know, oh, you're one of the unlucky people that got the big C or whatever. You know, he'll just do it in such a way that you won't fight it. You're just one of the, you know, statistics. It won't be he'll turn up and go, I am the devil. I am here to kill you. Because he, <laughs> he knows you go, are you kidding me? No. <laughs> okay. We fight stuff like that. But if it comes, you know, it, it always comes. Remember the two things about him. He is subtle and deceptive. You just don't know when he's around and how he's attacking you. Are you all with me? Amen. Amen. Okay, anyway. In relation to this, the Full Life Study Bible says that in our prayers, we must submit to God and pray that His will may be done in our lives. We know that God's will in many instances, oh, excuse me, we know God's will in many instances because it is revealed in Scripture. At other times, it becomes clear only as we earnestly seek His will, wait on Him. Okay, see, those are the quiet times. Amen? When we hear uh, His still small voice. And once we know His will about any given issue, then we can ask in confidence and faith. Now, this is so key. See, once we establish God's will for our life, there is no question about going to Him in faith. Because He said, he has said to you, this is my will for you. I don't know how, if I could just give this to you, I would, but I can't. <laughs> you really need to catch a hold of this. You know, when we are trying to convince God of something that, you know, we're trying to make it his will, we don't have faith. Listen, if he comes and says, this is my will for you, woo, the faith comes with it. <laughs> You know, it's almost like, all right, and you almost, you almost, now this is the mistake sometimes we make as well, you almost expect it to happen regardless of what you do. Can I say this? It won't. The thing is, you still need to believe. The difference is now you can believe because he said it. Do I want to go there yet? No, not yet. Okay. Maybe. Let's go to Rome. Let's go there quickly. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. I've said here, one of the secrets to strong faith is knowing God's will for a specific situation. That's one of the many things brought out in Romans chapter 4. One of the many things, okay? When the Apostle Paul, talking about Abraham, remember Abraham? Says in verses 18 through 21, remember Abraham and Sarah couldn't have kids. Now, if they went to God and said, we want to have kids, and oh, let it be a will, let it be a will. <laughs> yeah, that would be very difficult. In fact, Abraham tried to help. Don't help. Okay, I'll just say that and let's leave it at that. Okay, <laughs> Romans chapter 4, verse 18. It says, who against hope believed in hope. Can I rephrase that? Who against natural hope believed in supernatural hope. Can I say it that way? Okay, see, 
I've got to read all the way to the end. Uh, that he might become the father of many nations according, watch this, according to that which was spoken. See, he had hope because of something that God said to him. He didn't try to go convince God about something. In fact, God was trying to convince him about something. <laughs> Amen? See, when God comes into our life, it's too good to be true sometimes. You know, we just think, oh, you got to be kidding me. You know, if you came about 50 years earlier, I would have been on board. <laughs> okay, now I, I can't see myself bouncing the kid on my knee, you know. Could break something. <laughs> you know? He's old, you know what I'm trying to say? Okay, I'm just talking to you. You know, he says, uh, uh, chase me, Dad. <laughs> Not today. Yeah. I don't think the wheelchair goes that fast. You know? <laughs> okay, I'm just joking. But you all understand what I'm trying to say here. It's interesting how God waits till it's impossible. And he goes, okay, nobody can say that this was naturally possible. Nobody can say that, oh, yeah, that was an accident and maybe they diagnosed it wrong. I mean, this guy's so old, you know, I'm trying to, it, this is not, and if it wasn't him, it wasn't like he was married to a 20-year-old. <laughs> Grandma's pushing 90. You know, I'm trying to say, okay, this is the time that we are looking into our twilight years. And yeah, somebody once said, every breath is a cliffhanger. <laughs> Do you know what I'm trying to say? You know, I mean, just to survive the next day is like awesome. And he goes, and then God turns up and he goes, oh, am I going home today? No, you're having kids. You go, what? <laughs> Excuse me. You all know how old I am? God goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot how old are you? Oh, you look old. Oh, you old girl. Is <laughs> not what he said. See, this is the problem we always have. We are in the natural constantly. And we see in the natural, and then we make decisions about what's possible and what's impossible. And God says, all things are possible. And we say yes to an extent. To the extent that we think it's possible. Are you all with me? See, I, I really want to get this across to you. We're in, that, we're in that time in our life right now, in the season that we're in, with what's going on in around the world, you need to have this kind of faith. You need to start believing for things that everybody else just, you know, they say it's impossible and God's saying, it is possible. I just need you to believe. If you can believe, all things are possible. If you can believe, can you believe? My job is to get you to believe. That's all my job is to get you. If you can believe, see, it's really interesting that, you know, when, when people, when they were sort of saying, I'm, I'm getting off track here, I need to. I, you, I need you to get this. I only got five minutes, but let me just get this across to you. What, one of the greatest revelations that you will get is that there are times, and we need to catch this, there are times when Jesus didn't use his faith. He said, according to your faith, he said, as you have believed. In other words, see, because people say, oh, uh, brother, all that stuff went away with the apostles. What, which part went away? You might say about, oh, the apostles being able to heal people. What about every time the people got healed because of their faith? That didn't go away. That's why Jesus says, it's very, very significant that Jesus says, and these signs will follow, not the fivefold ministry. Not them apostles. Okay, <laughs> all right. He says, these signs, watch, he says, will follow those who believe. That's it. 
In fact, it doesn't matter whether you're a housewife, whether you are executive of a company, whether you are sweeping the floors, whether it doesn't matter if you believe, if you can believe there is something in you that is God-given, that is divine. Did you hear? That is God, okay? There is something divine on the inside of you that if you, when you are born again, when you become that new creation, there is something on the inside of you. If you can believe, if you can get that engine started, all sorts of things will begin to happen. We just need to get the thing started. And then it will gain momentum. And then you go from some things are possible to all things are possible. Are you all with me? And this is the time we need to get that engine running. That's why Jesus said, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast. This is Mark eleven twenty three. Be thou cast and see, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things that he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. It, it, you know, that's all it was. He didn't say, now you, you disciples. Three minutes, okay. He didn't say, now you disciples, you can have this. He said, anyone, whosoever shall say. Did you get that? You are a whosoever. You believe and you speak and things will begin to happen. But you need to do that. Amen? You need to do that. And if you are, you know, I think one of the things that we really need to get serious about, get, uh, what's the word? Honest about, is where's your faith? Don't come to me and say, oh, brother, I'm having lots of, no, no, no. Don't come to me, I, I don't care. <laughs> okay? James said, I can see your faith by what you do. Don't tell me about your faith. I told you, we're getting to James next. Ooh. Okay? <laughs> he, he says, yeah, yeah, you're all talk. Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Let's have a look. <laughs> you know? James is that kind of guy. I mean, he's just straight down the middle. He says, hey, you can talk. Let me see. Talk is cheap. That's, that, that's what James epistle probably should be called talk is cheap let's see it <laughs> okay hallelujah and we need to do that we need to just be honest i have been praying oh you know i'll be honest with you that was one of the things that i need to do i said because i'm praying you know I, well stand in agreement with me on this one i am praying and i'm believing because god just came to me and he said what do you want i said i want two things right now i want two major things a big house and a, no, <laughs> no, I said, God, I want two things. I said, number one, I want to get to the place where anybody that I lay hands on will be healed. Amen. And I said, number two, I want your wisdom. Whatever problem, whatever situation, whether I'm praying about it, when I'm preaching, when I'm counseling, that I have the right answers for people. That there's nothing that the devil can come and trick them with. That I'm going to expose all kinds of things so that they can walk in a kind of faith that they have never experienced before. So I said, those are two things. For the moment, those are two things I want. Okay, so. <laughs> Still want the everybody getting healed part. I, I said, I don't care. I don't care how, what devils are here. I don't care. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't care. And I need to get there. God's almost going, oh, finally. <laughs> you know, it's never us waiting on him. You all know that, right? We're the ones that are slow in the slow lane. Anyway, back to this, and I have run out of time. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> can we read to verse 21 so we can come back to this? Okay. This, this, this is, again, uh, we're talking about the, streak of the secret 
dear Lord. The secret to strong faith, okay? Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, according to God's will. Can I put it that way? All right, so shall thy seed be. And verse 19, he says, and being not weak in faith, this is Romans 4, 19, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. We'll talk about all this next time, okay? Giving glory to God. There's something attached to, to strong faith and giving glory to God, to praise and worship and strong faith. This is not just a ritual. This is important. Okay. Verse 21, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, who had promised? God had promised. Here's the key, that what he had promised, he was also, or was able also to perform. God is not going to make a promise and then go, oh, I don't have the money to finish that off and, and I can't, fit. I'm so sorry I made that promise. No, <laughs> okay, he's got everything, all the power, all the finances, got everything. If he promises it, he will get it to you. You don't try to work out how he's going to get it to you. Just know he'll get it. That was the other thing that I, you know, I, I'll leave you with. I know I'm, I'm finished. Okay. <laughs> That's the other thing that I needed to come to a place to. And that was don't stop trying to figure things out. Just stop it. If he tells you something, hallelujah. If he doesn't, just don't go there. Leave it with him. You know, you need to get to a place where you go, if the roof falls, it's your fault. If you said something, I'd have done it. You ain't said nothing. <laughs> you know? We need to get to that place, family. That's called casting your care on the Lord. Like I said, casting the care doesn't mean you're shirking responsibility. Now, if he tells you to do something, do that because it will be anointed. But have you found out that when you try to do things outside of God's will, those good ideas sometimes turn bad? I have found this. You know, it's something about God's timing and you being in touch with the right person to get the thing done or whatever. It's awesome. And then it gets and you just feel like it. You just think, God, that was just so easy. Yeah, that's the way it's meant to be. If it's hard, it means you jump track somewhere. And you try to make something come to pass and you had a little Ishmael. The little guy running around causing you grief now. <laughs> okay. All right, we're going to stop there. We're going to have to stop there. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.